Welcome, everybody, to the Mental Health and Addiction Podcast, a.k.a. The Map, uh, where it's okay to ask for directions. I'm Kimberly Walsh of Brady's Landing, Sober Home for Women, and here with me today, and as always, are my wonderful co-hosts, Andy Bernstein. Hi, Andy. Hello. And Kristen Perry. I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. And Kristen Perry Long. How are you doing, Chris? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. So uh, we've got a great show for you guys today. We've got a, a guest live with us, Becky Savage of the 525 Foundation. Um, but first, we're going to do a little... Um, hi. hi. <laughs> we're going to do a little check-in with uh, to see how everyone's doing in the, in the state of the world today. How are we doing, Andy? How are you, how are you uh, holding up? I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I got my masks. My tailor is crushing it right now. She's actually making masks and she's charging eight bucks a clip and she's jamming. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I'd be wearing a pot holder with um, uh, rubber bands around it, but <laughs> I'm doing it. And she, it's great. I mean, she's doing well. So um, yeah, but I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I, um, if I, like I was saying, if I say day to day, I'm good. When right. I start thinking about what is, then I get into trouble because, and I guess that's with life in general. But when I start thinking down the road, I'm in trouble. But right now, I'm hanging. Awesome. Good to hear that. Good to hear that. Chris, how about you? Well, uh, I'm seeing a heightened, uh, I don't know, I mean, stress or. I'm not exactly sure what the right word is, but uh, a couple of people that I'm working with, you know, I, I got a message this morning and it was, I want to get high. And then the next line was, I got my stimulus check. And it's like, there's 1500 miles between this person and myself. So it's not like I can get in a car and do face to face. It's, I got to talk them off that ledge why not to spend that's that stimulus money that somebody who's in recovery is sitting alone. They've got money sitting in the bank. And instead of focusing on what that money is supposed to be used for their brain, because they're so isolated is taking them to a place of comfort, fun, and you know, whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like uh, it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets even remotely this, this was the easy part. Uh, now, you know, as we start to put our lives back together very, very slowly uh, with m- still mixed messages from our government, you have a president telling the world that they'll tell you when you can go back to work. You know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's really ugly out there. It is. It is. And it's hard to stay positive. I can actually feel the vibe in some of the meetings, the, the Zoom things that I'm doing, um, people are getting, it's the progression. It's like a downward spiral. I can, I can see it each time I log on and each time the, the shares are getting less and less optimistic. And uh, this is the time to put into play all the tools that we have, the knowledge that we have to stay positive, to do, you know, do what we can, not watch the TV too much um, and, you know, try to get outside, breathe some fresh air. It's hard, but it's, you know, no denying it's extremely hard, but um yeah, 17, oh. mil- 17 million people are unemployed right now. Yeah. Which incredible. is just insane numbers. And to think that even if we flip a switch and the economies open up, we still have people, 17 million people unemployed. 
So we don't know who's even going to um, rehire at the way that they were before. So, you know, so yeah, the economy is going, but retail is taking a hit. They were already taking a hit. And now more, I think personally, I think the sports world is going to have a huge problem because it's a gigantic Petri dish and the pickup disease uh, potentially, you know, being in front of all those people. And I was actually reading 73% of sports fans won't come back until there's a vaccine. Wow. So did you hear, I was talking to somebody um, yesterday who works in the field, same field or day before. And he was telling me that they are going, they're going to be, our government is going to try to keep control of us by creating a, um, uh, some type of passport, like a healthy passport or something that you have to get this vaccination. How can they even give us this vaccination when there's no studies on it? Like it's insane. So you're not going to be able to travel unless you have this piece of paper that says you had this vaccination, which they don't know jack shit about, you know, if it works or if it doesn't work. Like it's, that's the stuff that I can't control. Imagine going to a sporting event, right? And you got to put my keys in there. Got to put my wallet, all this stuff. Oh, and by the way, you got to then take my temperature. Yeah. To see if I can get in. Right. It's right? insane. It and is then- absolutely I, I, we were talking yesterday, my buddy and I were talking yesterday, like for baseball, think about all the um, players from the Dominican and Puerto Rico and yeah. Mexico who are going to try to get into the country or Asia. They're not getting in. Right. So yes, we're opening. Hopefully we're flattening the curve. It sounds like it, but um, we got a long road to hoe and, and, and which is actually, um, kind of tra- uh, transfers to our next kind of piggybacks off of this. And uh, I was actually reading an article. I'm a reader. And uh, I was reading an article the other day on CNN. Um, that's John Kasich, the former governor of Ohio, was saying that uh, mental health recovery has to start now. And it had some interesting stats. Do you want to share some, Chris? Sure. Uh, so let's see. Um, I guess it's kind of going to the point of where they're going to be calling it the disease of despair. Uh, and it's going to, you know, COVID recession, disease of despair, what they're, what they're, uh, forecasting, I guess you could say is that, <clears throat> which is something that we've been talking about since we started this whole podcast Busyness. Yeah, and, uh, uh, especially about the whole COVID thing is that we are going to see an increase in suicides. Um, yeah, one in a hundred to overdose as well as 10,000 more suffering from addiction more broadly based on those estimates a 5% increase of unemployment could lead to nearly 10,000 more deaths, uh, and a 23% increase 43, basically it rolls out to about 43,000 more lives lost. And, and, and we're not, we're not doing you know, so I work, I worked, I got laid off. Uh, I worked for an IOP intensive outpatient program. It was not a, uh, a facility where you stayed. It was a facility. I like to explain it to people that don't necessarily, it's kind of like physical therapy. You go, you get your PT and you go home. 
Well, it's IOP. You go, you get your therapies and you go home. It's three to five hours a day, depending upon whatever you're signed up for. So everybody has gone to telehealth or Zoom meetings or whatever the, the, you know, uh, they're using. And initially people were really hungry for it, but then it got easy to not log in, to not answer, you know, to not check in and the blow it off, basically blow it off, to blow it off. And the court systems have lost touch with their thousands of people that are on probation because there's no recourse for no shows and everything else. So the telehealth, it's either fantastic or it's null and void and people are dropping off. So now you have that whole isolation, you know, again, sitting with yourself. And as Kimberly said, you know, it's, it's changing like that. It's like, you can feel the storm coming. You can see it on the horizon and it's just, we're waiting and it's, it's going to be bad. And it's, we got to get in front of it. People have to get in front of it. We have to get in front of it and it's not going to be priority to our government. Mental health is not going to be getting right now. Absolutely not. Keeping food on the table. Keeping food on the table. Yep. Well, keeping food on the table and getting this disease, uh, this virus under control, and getting economy back opened up. Because if we get economy back opened up in in our government's mind, oh, people will get better. But we all know that once that switch is flipped and that depression sets in, if you're not getting help, you're going further and further and further down into your basement. And, and eventually that door is going to close and you're not going to be able to. It's like it's going to take an underground movement, really, like a, a connected, unified movement for all of us in this industry to band together, to figure out, you know, to reach out to one another, you know, figure out what you can do personally and, and do it. Take the steps and help somebody else and and. We've got to band together on this because you're right, Chris. The the government's not going to. We're going to put. Sorry, we're going to put that article on on them. Kimberly, our social media. (laughs) We will. Okay. All right. So she's waited patiently. We're going to go to snowy South Bend, Indiana, right now. It's terrible. Our friend, my friend. Oh, I know, right? I know, but you're a happy person, so you're gonna be, you're gonna be okay there. April showers is one thing, but April snow showers is quite another. It is, uh, which is weird because we haven't had it here. We haven't had snow in a while, right? Did I just jinx us? No, I think we're done with the snow. Don't you? I hope (laughs) she's going in Indiana right now. I'm in Florida, so it's you know. I'm not really in Florida, but I, I over there. All right. So let's meet our friend, Becky Savage. She is founder and president of the five to five foundation. And her, her story is, um, uh, you know, a, a, a tragic story that she's really done, um, amazing work to try to turn into a positive. And, um, I'm going to let her tell her story, but Becky, travels all over the country sharing her personal story of what her and her family has endured. And, um, you know, it's a, her story is somebody, something that everybody needs to hear regardless of where you live, where you, you know, what your financial status is, you know, it's something that you, you definitely should hear. So I'm going to turn it over to Becky and have her tell you her story again. (laughs) So, um, welcome my friend. 
Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. Um, this was a nice uh, brightening of my day. So this is, this is nice. Um, to get to see me? To get to see you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so thank you for the introduction. It was a, a nice introduction. And um, I, I know you and I have chatted several times before in the past and um, we've talked and have been involved in different things. So I appreciate you bringing me on board with this today. Uh, so our story started back in June of 2015. Um, our two older sons, Nick and Jack, were lost to an opioid overdose. And um, it's a big prom season, graduation season during the summer times in most communities, and ours is no different. And our two sons were attending graduation parties where they um, were participating in underage drinking. And at some point during their time there, they were offered a prescription pill um, that didn't belong to them. And um, they experimented. And the next morning, they didn't wake up. So, um, it was extremely unfortunate. It still takes my breath away, um, talking about it, but it was, a an event that not only rocked our world, um, but rocked our community's world. And I think it was, um, a wake up call for a lot of people. Now, now the boys, your boys are, were yes. really good kids. Tell us about Nick and Jack and the type of kids they were. Nick and Jack were, um, of course, I'm very um, partial because um, they were my kids, but they were just incredible kids. Nick had just finished his freshman year at Indiana University in Bloomington, where he was majoring in microbiology and chemistry. And Jack had just graduated um, his high school, where he had graduated with honors. So they were both very smart kids. They were both very active um, in community service. Um, they both had a great group, um, great circle of friends, and um, they were both athletes. Um, they both um, had, were, had been playing hockey since they were about three, four years old, and um, very, very involved in a hockey community here in our, in, our, um, in our area. So these were, you know, these weren't kids that were, um, you know, these were just all-American kids from an all-American family. They were not kids that um, <clears throat> got in trouble, um, and, but they were kids. And we all know that kids um, sometimes don't always make the best choices, um, especially when under the influence of alcohol. So, um, and our, our kids were no different. Chris? Yeah, I, I remember hearing your story back in no, November, was it, Andy? Yes. We did the show. Yes. And I can't imagine as a parent waking up and finding one son and then going down the hall to find the second son. And I remember hearing your story on, on Facebook in one of the multiple groups that I was in. And, you know, all these kids are great kids. Like they didn't ask for this. And I think as a parent, we blame ourselves that we've failed. You know, my kids did, dr did drugs because I was a horrible parent because that's what society sort of paints. They have to be broken families and they have to be, you know, whatever. But 
the more and more we learn about these families and the more and more we hear stories like yours, Becky, we learn that it's just everybody, you know? So where have you gone? Where have you gone with the 525? What, what, what brought you to become the 525? Well, a good year had passed after our boys um, had passed away. Um, and we really focused on healing our family. And um, we have two younger sons, Nick and Jack had two younger brothers. And we really spent that time focusing on healing um, as a family unit. And we never talked about what happened to us publicly. And we were invited to speak at a town hall related to underage drinking. And we thought this might be a good thing for us to do um, to kind of tell Nick and Jack's story since they were involved in underage drinking. And I'm sure that's what um, influenced some of the decisions they made that night. And since then, and, you know, we were told maybe 15, 20 people would come. There was, you know, standing room only at 200 plus people. So we really felt like, you know, there's a need for this. People want not only to hear what happened to us, but I think storytelling and real stories are really what's impacting people. And um, so we've created the 525 Foundation, which is um, named after Nick and Jack's love of hockey. Jack was number five and Nick was number 25. So we decided to um, share their story and we've gone all across the country and talked to schools, um, parents, teachers, educators, um, really anybody who will listen um, to kind of not only tell their story to make a difference in the lives of other people, but to also um, break the stigma of what people think that um, somebody who's going to die of an overdose looks like. Because when you see pictures of my boys, they were not this the image of what people have created that people who die of an overdose look like. And they're just everyday kids. And it can happen to anybody. And I think that the more we can break that stigma and the more that people can realize that, oh my gosh, this can happen to anybody, that the more um, able we are to save lives by reaching more people. Absolutely, Becky. That's I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely true. I've got uh, so many moms, dads, they ask me, what could I have done? You know, and you hate that they get riddled with guilt and is there anything that you might be able to speak to them about? Cause they're, they're just looking for answers and, and from someone who's gone through it. Um, is there anything you could tell them as far as, you know, you have to understand it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's hard. It's really hard because I I'm a nurse. Um, I'm an educator. I taught in a nursing program here locally. I worked with teenage kids. I worked with um, college age kids and I kind of felt like I had my finger on the pulse of what was going on um, in in youth. (laughs) However, we never did talk to our kids about prescription medications because we didn't know about that. We didn't know five years ago that that was going on, you know, like we do now. So um, I did feel, you know, a little bit, you know, guilty, like, oh my gosh, how could this, how could we not have known this, you know, that I could have talked to them about this, but kids are going to make choices. Kids are kids. Kids have a sense of um, invincibility Um, and kids, you know, especially boys are, you know, they, they are risk takers and it, you know, I just had to let that go um, that I 
it wasn't my fault for the choices that they made that night. And um, does it hurt me? Does absolutely. Um, has it left a hole in our hearts, our whole family? Absolutely. But it's not my fault. Um, you know, Nick and Jack um, wouldn't want us to feel guilty for the choices that they made. And, you know, all I can do is support uh, my other two sons um, and talk about Nick and Jack's story so that hopefully other people don't make the same choices. You know, we talk about um, a lot of times I talk to people about silver linings. You know, it's so hard with a tragedy like that we've yeah. had um, to even think about talking about a silver lining, but there is a silver lining if you look hard enough. And, you know, talking to people about what happened to us, I think, is the silver lining because we are able to save lives and um, hopefully change the course for somebody else. So you, you got, very well put, very well put. Thanks. You're you've welcome. actually, you've actually spoken in uh, Plymouth mass, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and you've also, you've worked with Kelly Macomber. Yes. I always, yeah. always botch her name, Kelly Macomber from um, Plymouth County youth and development. And, mm-hmm. Um, what was it like speaking in Massachusetts? That was kind of weird how that kind of happened, right? That you have a friend. We have a friend, yeah, that we grew up with who's actually a dentist um, out there. And, you know, he knows, knows our story because um, he knows us personally. And it just kind of worked out that he was working with Kelly and sponsored us to come out there and share our story. And Kelly got us into some of the schools out there. And we did a parent presentation um, at the library out there, which we talked about our story and we talked about um, things that parents can talk to their kids about, maybe things that parents can do. And it was great. Um, I loved being out there. It was a different part of the country I hadn't seen. But the students are all the same. Every single school I go to, um, the students are the same, you know, and the questions are the same that the students ask, you know. Um, they're, they're always quiet when I'm talking like silent. Um, you could hear a pin drop in the auditorium and Plymouth was no different, but then the questions are all the same. Um, and the number one question is how do I get out of a situation? Um, let's say we're at a party and I don't want to be that person that not that cool person, you know, how do I get out of a situation or how do I start a conversation with my parents? You know, these are things that kids struggle with, not just in Plymouth, but all across the country. So I know a lot, a lot of us have downtime, um, especially being at home. And, you know, I try to tell parents, this, these are perfect opportunities to have those conversations with your kids. Chris, can you relate to that? So I have five kids, Becky, in case you didn't know. Two of them are in recovery. I didn't. Yep. Two of them are in recovery. Uh, one of them lives with us. Uh, the other one just moved out back in January, thank God, with his <laughs> his girlfriend and their two-year-old. And uh, I've been raising my um, two oldest grandchildren for about four years now. And my daughter went to Florida and was in and out of treatment and came back uh, almost about a year and a half ago now. Uh, pregnant with her third child and is now living with us. And it's really hard. 
you know, she's 31. Um, and it's hard. And my daughter's 21. My youngest daughter's 21. And she, um, she's supposed to be graduating from college this year. And the depression that I've seen, the ups and the downs I've seen with her, you know, and talking about it and her, I see the drinking, you know, and it's like, it terrifies me, but it's hard being home all the time without that five seconds to breathe. And I find myself making excuses to leave to, cause I don't want to get frustrated. You know, I think it's, I don't know. I mean, and then the whole homeschooling thing, you know, mm-hmm. was it Kimberly, was it you that made that comment about math? I think somebody made a comment about math that, you know, there's, I don't know. It was like trying to teach this new math. <laughs> they do have new math in the school. My, yeah. They, they, um, they use a different style and how are you supposed to teach? I, I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, it's, we're trying to do different things. Like we, the kids all got together a couple of nights ago, Easter night, and we did zoom games where you can play games on zoom. And that was a lot of fun. But it's hard. I mean, I just want to, I want to physically have my kids at home and then have them leave. And this not, I think when you don't have something, you realize it and you want it that much more and you tend to focus on it. Um, Becky, so now, okay, so 525 has been around for a few years now and you started around what in 2018, 17, 2017. Okay. We formed in 16 and then we really um, started pushing away at it in 17. So you've, you've uh, come up with some different programs as well as doing your public speaking. And one of the programs you came up with is drop to stop. Mm-hmm. Tell us about drop to stop. Sure. Our drop to stop program um, helps put permanent um, drug disposal boxes in um, communities. We, um, and it started was just because after this happened to our boys, you know, I'm like, where do they get the medication? How do they get their hands on somebody's prescription medications? Somebody had brought it to the party. Well, how they get their hands on it. And we find out that there's such a surplus of medications in our communities. So we got involved with our, um, the DEA take back days. And there was just such a surplus of medications that we were collecting and I'm like, why, why does this have to be two times a year? You know, why and our, our community did have one. It was um, at the police station way across on the other side of town. So I got an idea one day and I bought having them in a grocery stores that have um, pharmacies because I know as a mother of four boys, I was at the grocery store all the time. And I'm like, what a convenience that would be. <clears throat> so I called up the grocery store. They said, let's meet, let's talk. And um, they got right on board with it. And since then, we have um, 17 locations here in our communities. You really? Wow. Um, yeah. And which has been great. And we've collected, I think the last time we had checked just in our communities with our program, just under 4,000 pounds of pills um, since the inception of our program. So to say that that's a success would be an understatement because we all know how much one pill weighs. And if you think about one pill can take somebody's life. Um, that could be potentially a lot of lives that that have been saved. So that's our drop to stop program. We just really um, 
try to encourage people um, to clean out their medicine cabinets, to make it a routine um, when they're done taking prescriptions um, or they're expired to clean them out and just to get them out of their house and try to offer a safe and convenient location for them to do that. Becky, did I hear that you uh, have an affiliation or no, Mr. Terry Bradshaw? <laughs> whom I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, Steelers, yes. That's my team. Yeah, we sure do. Um, it was uh, crazy how that came about. Um, we were, we had the opportunity to be on the Megan Kelly um, today show um, a few years back. And after the episode had aired, we'd gotten so much feedback um, through emails and I suffer from insomnia, so I had happened to be up and was flipping through emails, and one of them I was reading, it was such a heartfelt email from another mother um, who has actually lost her son to an overdose, and it was just real heartfelt and real touching, and at the bottom of it, it was, um, she had said, my husband is Terry Bradshaw, and in parentheses said, yes, he, the Pittsburgh, he used to pay for Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm like, wait, what? So I remember waking my husband up going, you'll never believe who we just got an email from. But it had started a friendship. We started emailing back and forth. And what we found out that um, our mothers, you know, the same, you know, this different stages that I was going through, she had been through or vice versa. And it just started this friendship. And, you know, Terry was like, you know, what can we do for you guys? How can we help your foundation um, make an impact in the lives of other people? You know, we want to help you guys. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm kind of baptism by fire with this, but we put together um, a dinner a gala where they came in and he spoke at our very first gala and it was a big, huge success. And we did it again the next year. Um, he's committed to come back every year and bring a friend with him, a different friend. We never know. Uh, the second year, it was with David Faraday, which he was a riot. Um, and then this year, we were scheduled to have it um, April uh, 23rd, actually. But um, we are postponing that related to the lockdown that we're all in. So we're hoping to have that rescheduled sometime in July. But we're just waiting to to kind of hear um, what's That's going on with the lockdown. So yeah, they're great people. Super, super, super nice people. Oh, that's so good to hear that that yeah. warms my heart to know that they reach that, you know, they can come down to a regular level being big stars and they can actually come down and, uh, and help out. That's yes. very heartwarming. Love that. His, his, uh, Terry, Terry suffers from, uh, depression and, um, and I've seen him speak before here in the new England area, but, uh, his wife also, lost a child to addiction or to an overdose, correct? Yes. Yes. And that was the connection that her and I had, um, you know, when she saw us on the show, you know, she could connect with us because she has suffered that as well. So how, how are your boys doing your children, your other children? Um, you know, there's not a book, you know, there's not a book that I can open up and say, okay, it's been almost five years out. This is how they should be behaving. Um, we talk a lot, um, probably too much. Sometimes my kids are like, mom, I don't want to talk today, you know, whatever, but I'm, I want to let them know that we're always open for conversations. Um, Justin is a junior right now, um, at college, which he's t- finishing his classes here at home because everybody's on lockdown. Um, 
but he's doing successful um, academic wise, um, social, socially, he's doing great. Um, Matthew as well, but you just, you just never know. You know, I don't know, um, you know, what, what they, what they should be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. All I know is that um, seems to be like they're doing well. Good. On, awesome. on, what what do you have upcoming besides the um you also have the the, the gala oh I wanted to, you to talk about your partnership with Notre Dame hockey too which is way cool oh that was fun yeah so um we actually have uh someone that Jack played hockey with um number 18 Graham Slaggart that plays for Notre Dame hockey and he has really had this in his heart that he's wanted to do something um to help our foundation and he went to the powers that be at Notre Dame and talked to them about it. And they actually agreed and they let him design an alternative jersey that they wore this year. And it looked very similar to the jerseys that he wore when him and Jack played hockey together. And so it was really cool because they designed these jerseys and all the hockey players wore them for a special game. And I got to speak with all the hockey players, the Notre Dame hockey players, and they're all just, just wonderful, incredible people and very supportive of our mission and what we're trying to do. And um, it was a really cool, cool thing. And which is unbelievable given that, you know, I think I could be wrong, but I think prior to this, I think the only one who actually had a partnership with a nonprofit where they would actually wear their logo on the jerseys is BU, where they would wear the Autism Speaks mm. logo. And that was it. That's it. So it's really, um, you know. It was really, it was um, just really, really cool. Because like you said, they did have our labels, um, our logo on the inside of the jersey, and it was a commemorative jersey. Um, they sold them in their pro shop. And then all the jerseys that the hockey players wore, they auctioned off. And then all the proceeds from those jerseys, they're donating back to our foundation. So it was really, really cool. Yeah. I hope um, that we can continue um, this relationship because it's just a really great program. And actually our event is scheduled to be center ice at the um, Compton family ice arena. So um, it's just kind of bringing everything together with our hockey roots. You you also have a um, you were also on Family Feud is that correct? I wasn't on there, but um, the Bradshaws were on there, and um, they played for our foundation. So that was a hit to watch because they're funny anyway. That's amazing. Yeah, with Steve Harvey, it was fun. Steve, yes. So what do you have coming? What else do you have coming up? I know you have two other events coming up. Provided well, we have that lots we... of stuff. <clears throat> yeah, we have, uh, you know, we have a lot of um, different fundraisers that go on in our community. Um, we have a golf outing that it's called Friends and Family of Nick and Jack, where friends and family have gotten together and they do a golf outing every year. Um, hopefully that will still be able to take place. It just depends on um, everything going on. And we just, we have lots of little stuff going on. All of my schedule has been kind of, postponed with speaking at schools. I was book solid um, all year. And then with classes being moved out of the schools, my schedules kind of opened up. So I have stuff booked for the fall um, to go into schools. So we kind of 
we're just kind of thinking about what we can do. And um, we're making some educational videos um, or just like short snippets, like um, different things that parents can do with their kids. Um, just, you know, hey, did you know type things um, that hopefully we can release, release on social media that, you know, can help. And you're planning to, and you would come to, Fo- I mean, you'll travel to Foxborough, right? Yeah. Yeah. When? Becky, I don't know. <laughs> so if you want to travel. Okay. I know you're right. And you love to come to Boston. I do. To the, to the Boston those area. lobster rolls. I'm still dreaming about those lobster rolls. Right at the Union, <laughs> at the Union Oyster House that we went to. Those were so delicious. Yeah. Um, so if people want to get in touch with you, where can they reach out? Okay, so they can get on our website, which is just 525 the numbers um, foundation.org. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, okay. I'm not so good at Twitter, but I'm trying to get better with the social media. Um, trying to beg my kids to help me figure that out, but we're getting there. They're the experts, right? <laughs> they are the experts. Yeah. I got to bribe them to help me out. Right. <laughs> right. Well, great. I think that's it for us, right? We're, thank you so much, Becky, for coming on. It's You're been welcome. wonderful having you and hearing about your story. Really, really do appreciate it. Andy, Chris, did you guys have any other things to add? No, Becky, thank up? you. Thank you, my friend. Have it was awesome, Becky. Um, All right. Well, that's our show for today, guys. We'll look forward to seeing you on Friday at 9.30, where our guest is going to be Trenny Kusiner from NBC Sports. Kusineric. Kusineric. Did I butcher that? Kusineric. Thank it's you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Stay Thanks, safe, Becky. everybody. You're welcome. Right. Thanks, Bye, guys. guys. You've been watching the map. <laughs>